Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, there's a buzz. There's an excitement. The theaters this week. Wonder what could it be? <laughs> Could have another big blockbuster on our hands. I think so. It's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 Week. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we're from MadWolf.com. Yeah, it's Star-Lord and Rocket and Drax and Gamora and the whole gang. Plus some new friends in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we're saving the galaxy again? Yep. Awesome! We're really going to be able to jack up our prices for two-time galaxy savers. Yes! Do is yell at each other. You are not friends. No, we're family. After all these years, I've found you. And who the hell are you? I'm your dad, Peter. Now, right away, anytime you have a movie like this, everybody wants to know, is it better than the first one? Right. Which is so hard to do Mm -hmm. for any movie, really. But especially when... You have to go back and think about the first one, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people, it kind of came out of nowhere, just how good it was. Yeah, I think um, uh, the trailers made it seem goofy, but, uh, I mean, they struck gold with with this this chemistry among these weird characters. There are so many films, it's a ragtag bunch, but these guys were just hilarious. You know, uh, Chris Pratt was pretty much perfect, and he definitely came out of left field. This is his first major film. Oh, and it made he him was, a huge oh, star. Oh, huge, giant star, because he was just sort of this charmingly doofus everyman. He yeah. was so great. But then uh, um, Rocket... And yeah. That's the thing, right? When you've got Bradley Cooper on your, and you decide he's going to be a raccoon, right? That's hilarious, and right? He was there. great. He was perfect. He was so good, and and really, I think the whole cast last time was was surprisingly fun. In this go round, they're all they're all pretty great, but it's it's really Bautista who just is a laugh riot. He really is. He's the comedy star of this Drax. one. And if if you remember the first one, I really was not even looking forward to seeing it. No, you it. wanted very much not Honestly, to see it, actually. I, yeah. <laughs> and you loved it. And I loved it. Because beside being a, a great cast, like a really well-put-together cast, it's the, I love the central conceit, which is basically, we've got this mixtape. How can we build a story around it? <laughs> yeah. The whole thing had a had a great vibe. A little mm-hmm. bit of a wink-wink. We're just going to have fun where it's funny uh, and, and just go with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it succeeded so well. Uh, and, uh, but, but, but right away, see, that's the thing that this movie, no matter how good it is, cannot recreate no, that it, freshness. Right. And it really, no, it's not that big a slam on it. It just no. it can't be done. No. It just can't be done. So, you know, to, to, to bury the lead, I mean, no, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I still enjoyed it. Yes, very much. It is funny, uh, and I think it's got an interesting story. I think it picked up uh, in a good, <clears throat> a good place from the last one. And here's what it does. Well, so often in a in a you know a Marvel comic book movie, as soon as the sequels start, so do all of the villains. There are too many villains. There are too many characters. There's too much going on. And and I have to tell you, by the end of this, there's a threat that that might happen in Volume Three. But they don't do that here. I mean, it's it's a manageable storyline with a manageable number of people, with some new friends and some old friends, and uh, I think an interesting storyline. Well, and of course, talking about leaving off last time, we left off with. Baby Groot. Baby Groot. And we know from our own family members how hard the falling of Groot 
hit some people. Oh, my. Yeah, our uh, niece, Vivian, <laughs> sobbed uncontrollably. Loved the movie. Yeah. They watched it again the next day. She still sobbed. As right. soon as it happened, just wept. But see, that, that set the stage for the geniusness of Baby Groot. Oh, yeah. And he just... He steals it. He and, definitely and, does. You know, he has the one line, and still Vin Diesel is back. And think about that. You're going to have back-to-back movies. Vin Diesel is just owning it right now. <laughs> I mean, he just got done. It's Well, no, he's not done with Fate of the Furious. And now he's coming out here with this. Just has the one line over and over. But Baby Groot is so charming. You know, <laughs> they'll be right in the middle of a firefight. And just like a little baby, he'll just be waving at people. <laughs> Hi! <laughs> And it's hilarious, but you're right. The whole thing, the whole conceit is, again, based around basically this mixtape. Right. Which, if you remember, at the end of, of Volume 1, he found Volume 2. He did. So it's got a bunch of those classic jams, you know, um, more 70s. I think they even dip into the 60s for, really, I think, the most impressive action sequence mm-hmm. in the movie mm-hmm. is set to Jay and the Americans' old Come a Little Bit Closer. Yeah. What a cheesy hit. But boy, it is really visually dazzling. It is. I mean, a lot of the movie is. In fact, I would say with this one, again, it's worth the 3D. There's been a few movies here in the last few months that have been worth the Mm -hmm. 3D. And this Mm -hmm. one is. If you can see it in 3D, it is visually dazzling, but especially in that sequence. But uh, yeah, they're back. As as Rocket says, they're they're saving the galaxy again, which is going to drive their price up. Right, right. But they have... People chasing them again. Rocket, you know, in his way, he uh, he double crosses some people, and that <laughs> just for fun, just for fun, just to do know, it. And he just always winks out of the wrong eye, <laughs> so they see <laughs> that he's not really telling the truth. So they've got people on their tail, and of course, Yondu is back. Uh, Michael Rooker. So I love him so much. And I, I love Michael Rooker and everything, and I'm yeah. so happy to have him come back. So, yeah. so they're being chased by the sovereigns, which is the uh, the uh, population that that they double cross. They're being chased by. Yondu and his people, because of course uh, how things left off the yeah. last time. Yeah, and, and then there's a new friend. Yeah, I don't think we're spoiling anything because it's in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quill, Star Lord, uh, finds this, or his father finds him, mm-hmm. and that's Kurt Russell, the perfect choice mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. his father. And uh, the, there's a lot of fun there. There is a lot of fun there. But as as we mentioned in our written review, which you can be which can be found at MadWolf.com, by the way. Um, it starts to, once they get into that, number one, you've got the cliche of the comic book story built on daddy issues, yeah. as you pointed out. And uh, and that's true. So that's not new. But okay, we'll go with it. These two are very charming and charming together. But uh, then the the tragic backstories start piling up. They really do. For me, at the expense of the fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, they, they tried to flesh out some of the more minor characters a little bit. And and for some reason, they had to flesh each one out with a tragic backstory. I was just like, anybody grow up happy? <laughs> yeah, and that's where the, the humor... There starts to have some dry spells. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, Drax, uh, mm-hmm. Dave Bautista. He is hilarious. He is so He's funny. He's got the best lines. Either he goes from these loud, <laughs> these loud guffaws, these laughs, or these deadpan lines. Oh, yeah. And they're they're very funny. I think the whole movie uh, is funnier than the first time. Mm-hmm. It really is. It I, it's re- not as good a film, but it has more laugh out loud moments. It really moments. does. It really has some funny stuff. And everybody gets their moments. I think the one Guardian who's left hanging a little bit, is Gamora, played mm-hmm. by Zoe Saldana. To me, she was wasted a little bit. Too much of it was just moping around, kind of countering Quill's insistence that they have a little Sam and Diane thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's really, she. to me, in a lot of the movies, she didn't really get to do much more than that. No, and I think in her one big 
you know, scene where she's trying to explain the logic of the situation to Quill, it is too very similar to her her funny scene where she kind of misinterprets his footloose yeah. uh, reference in the last movie. So, yeah. so yeah, she doesn't have a lot, and the, and and there is there is less sort of hand to hand battle in this one. There's a great early one, but that's yeah. really where she got most of of her exposure in the first film. It's mm-hmm. just as a badass beating people up, and yeah. she doesn't have as much opportunity in this Not time as much, to do a that. A little bit, but although you're... she does have a storyline with her sister, a little sibling rivalry right. that you know is interesting. Yeah, but it's even even that. I mean, is is kind of that's gets that's part of the of the layers that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think to get dragged down with a little little too serious. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then and those are the moments when you start to notice. The running time, where right. this feels a little bit bloated. It's about two hours and fifteen minutes. Uh, if you stay all the way to the end, and you should, and we'll get yeah. to that, and, and we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, there are those moments where it just starts to drag a little bit. But I think James Gunn, who we love, uh, who's writer, the director. who's the co- yeah co writer and director, has a good. I think he has a good feel for. Okay, it, we better pivot here. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that just uh, just as a scene maybe drags just. And then it, he will, you know, punch it up with either a really funny gag or a nice set piece or, you know, a little, little action flair. Yeah. And always in the back pocket. Well, he's because he's got, you know, let's face it, that first movie got us invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. They're good characters. Mm-hmm. And so he's spending some of that capital mm-hmm. here uh, in this movie. And, it, and he has it to spend. And it does work because we already like these characters and we give them a little bit of leeway as it does get bogged down a little bit and mm-hmm. feel a little bit bloated. But uh, you're right. He comes back with either a very uh, technically dazzling action sequence or something very funny. And, of course, in the back pocket, he's got Baby Groot. <laughs> you know, Baby Groot for the win. I'm surprised those Christmas toys are not on the shelves right now. I bet they are. Because <laughs> I mean, sh- come on. When's the last time we were at Target? I bet they're there. That's right. Well, if anything else, I look forward to seeing... More than a few baby Groots at Halloween. <laughs> I want to see some kids. And that includes our niece. Let's, get, right. let's get on that. Let's because, get on it. Yeah. Uh, incredibly cute. And, and and that's always a bit of a a go-to comedic reference. You can bring in baby Groot. Although he does come in quite handy once things start getting down to the wire. Uh, and, we and won't go into why, no, but he comes but in quite handy. You, I, as, as I said to you two or three times in the screening, I still think Vivian is going to have a hard time with it. Because there are times where baby Groot gets into some trouble, and yeah. it's very sad, especially if you are as emotionally connected to him well, as Vivian is. That is true, but that is true. A uh, good, a good uh, word to the wise for the parents of the little ones. But I think if you stick with it, it ends, it ends on a happy note. It does. I mean, it doesn't like last time, although... Technically, it ended on a happy note last time because you saw that he was sprouting again. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I get you. It's good to uh, good to pass that on. But as we did allude to, not only are there stingers galore, stingers by meaning uh, scenes at the end. There are there are cameos. I don't know how many of these cameos are common knowledge, so we really won't mention any mm-hmm. for fear of spoilers. But some. Familiar faces yes, pop up yes. that I was not expecting. No, yeah, there was one that I knew would 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 come. Oh, you did? But, okay. And 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 his is a I think say maybe slightly larger than a cameo. Okay, but, I did not know he was he was he was coming. So. But then there are several other cameos that I was surprised to see, and here's one I don't ever need to see again. <laughs> Howard the Duck, just stop it. Yeah, let's let's not try to make that happen. Um, hopefully it won't happen. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just a, a running gag of of getting him. In you know a, some sort of scene, kind of like Stan Lee mm-hmm. has gotten in all these times. I don't know, but uh, yeah, let's not. I'll be honest to... with you, we could stop that too. Yeah, we could. I mean, I understand it. 
I do. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, apparently, because he's quite old, and God bless him, apparently he's already filmed a ton of them. Oh, okay. Uh, to make, you know, for future for future films. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. That's And especially this one. This one seems m- very much of a throwaway. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are, I think we lost count at four. Are there not four stingers mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end? Yes. Starting with the beginning of the credits right on through uh, until the very, very end. And I think by now everybody is pretty much conditioned in a Marvel movie that they're coming. Um, I always, in our screening, I, I found it funny. People were leaving. I'm like, don't you know? Aren't you Aren't you in this club? Don't you realize? You know? Uh, so, yeah, there are more than a few. I think the count is four to stick around with. But it's not a movie that I think you want to get up and, and leave right away. Mm-mm. I mean, it certainly sets the stage for Awesome Mixtape Volume 3. It does. Which, and I'm guessing with the millions this is going to make, that's uh, that's going to come. But as as sequels go, this one has wit about it it has of course it's got that escapist fun Mm -hmm. and uh it's got some dazzling eye candy Mm -hmm. so you could do a lot worse i mean that's always the dangering saying no it's not as good as the first one but it's still good it is yeah i agree it is it is a ton of fun and right at this minute there's not that much else out there that can match it no there's not And, and usually in a week like this you do have something completely you know, a complete left turn from yep. something like yep. this. And we do. It's a, a smaller film uh, starring Richard Gere. Well, actually starring a real nice quartet of actors called The Dinner. Yeah, this is Oren Moverman's latest. Uh, a writer-director who's done a couple of other really good indies of several. But Rampart, we loved. And The and Messenger. The Messenger, stuff, we loved. Yeah. yeah, and those are both Woody Harrelson. And uh, he's taken a turn. He's he's uh, He's got a shine on uh, for Richard, Richard Gere. Uh, he's producing a film with Richard Gere. Come out in a few a few weeks. He he his the last film that Oren Moverman directed starred Richard Gere, and Richard Gere is one of the four that you mentioned in this one. Uh, and he plays a uh, politician, um, a c- congressman, and his brother, who's played by Steve Coogan. Uh, and uh, kind they, of a rare dramatic role for Steve Coogan, he, who's he normally known as a, a funny, a funny Absolutely. comedian. He's, Absolutely, he's one of the guys that from the the, the uh, trip that mm-hmm. does the Michael Keane, Michael uh, Caine imitations. Yeah. If you don't know who he is, but yeah. He's doing. He's pulling the dramatic role here and pulling it off. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Laura Linney, the always glorious Laura Linney, plays his wife, and Rebecca Hall plays oh. Richard Gere's yeah. wife. And, and the four of them meet for dinner. And I, she's I mean, always got yeah, good. So this, yeah, this is a talented group of people. Yeah. And Oren Moverman is an interesting writer. He's an interesting director. And he, um, but in this film. There are a lot of films that sort of mine the discomfort of a dinner party you don't want to go to because those are the worst. Usually for comic effect. This is absolutely not a comedy. These four people have gotten together because they're each of them has a son, so a set of cousins, the boys, have done something horrible and they're there to handle it. Um, and it's so it's it's a morality play in a lot of ways. And and while it's set inside the restaurant, it's fascinating. The restaurant is as hoi polloi as anything you will ever see. <laughs> and uh, and and while they're there in sort of all of this luxury and, and it's 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 just really very interesting and uncomfortable, profoundly uncomfortable. And it's best when he stays there. But then he goes to flashbacks of of what it is the boys have done. And that that takes some time to build. Um, and he loses quite a bit there, but then he goes through farther back flashbacks to give you a more sense of Steve Coogan's character, and again, a sibling rivalry. There's a lot of Civil War stuff going on. It it just gets bloated and mm. tiresome mm-hmm. in those, which is too bad because, honestly, Coogan does a great job. Um, and, and one of the things that the movie does really well is you meet these four people, you think you have a sense of who they are, they're, they're, you don't. Um, and it's not that 
first you think they're bad, they turn out to be good. It's really just that they're very, very layered. They're all capable of a different kind of awful and a different kind of moral choices. It's very moral. It, it really revels in moral ambiguity. Um, and and it, when it when it's good, it is spot on. But it's a mixed bag. Just doesn't hit. Hit enough notes. No. Yeah, so uh, definitely the recommendation this week is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You're going to enjoy it, especially if you like the first one. You're going to love it. Perfect, you know, popcorn or, or movie candy movie, as long as it's not Milk Duds. Stop it! <laughs> you know, as long as we've been together, I cannot believe you didn't know I like Milk Duds. When was the last time you had Milk Here's Duds? Here's why. Here's why. Guess why. Take a wild guess. Because I don't like them? Right! <laughs> Because, you know, you go to the movies, those boxes of candy are so huge, and, you know, and so you always have to have peanut M&M's. So we've, we, we've always enjoyed sharing a lovely box of peanut M&M's. <laughs> milk we duds, might enjoy Milk Duds more. They're just too chewy. They're, they're, just stop it. It's just like, you know, Captain Crunch is so good, but you have to go to the emergency room because yeah. it tears up the roof of it your does. mouth. That is true. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, Milk Duds are just, they're, they're just delicious. too chewy. I love caramel. I love caramel. I will take caramel over peanuts any damn day. But what do you feel about caramel? Mm-hmm. It's a pretentious <laughs> substitute. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know what? We're going to have to put that up to a vote about <laughs> about what, what, you know, is your favorite movie candy. I also love a good, you know, what I really like, Every I've been to a theater every now and then where you see that not only do they have Reese Cups, they have them frozen. Now, if you have frozen Reese Cups at your movie theater, you are my friend. Okay? <laughs> that is the perfect one. But See, uh, you know I'm not a big fan of those because they sit in our freezer for months on end and I don't eat them. But I eat them. I eat them and I love them. Uh, so, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, enjoy it. Let us know what you think. And There's a lot coming out, actually, this week on home video. Not all of it good. Some of it quite bad. Some of bad. it very good. But let's highlight quickly the big ones that are coming out that we didn't care for. You might. A Dog's Purpose I thought was awful. Uh, the Comedian with Robert De Niro, kind of lukewarm. It, it has uh, De Niro. It has Leslie Mann, who's very good in this movie. Mm. It's she just, usually is. Yeah, it's, it's just not funny enough. It could have been better had they really focused more on this character. I think there's ample ground there to to mine it for a guy who's, you know, a stand-up comedian, you know, issues, and maybe as he's getting older and things like that, but they, they don't, uh, and it just it didn't do much for me. And boy, how about one that just landed like a big old thud, the third movie in the Ring franchise, Rings. Oh, oh I hated it so much. Terrible. I, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and of course, I mean, technically speaking, there are more because they started as, as Ringu, the well, Ringu series. Yeah. The Ring... In 99, Gore Verbinski, uh, it came out, uh, which is one of those rare, rare instances where the English language remake is better than the original. It's such a great movie. And then it had a sequel, which was disappointing, but this one is just an abomination. It's just dumb. This one makes the second one look like Citizen Kane. Yeah. This is just awful. But the good stuff, all Oscar nominated. In fact, one of them, an Oscar winner. The Oscar winner this year for Best Foreign Language Film called The Salesman is out this week. So, so good. Very, yeah, very moving. And the the writer-director there has done really nothing but wonderful things, and I, I would watch anything that he has to do, but The Salesman is is... It's a well-observed, quiet, very powerful film. Yeah, and if you're thinking The Salesman, Death of a Salesman, yes. Death of a Salesman, the play, very much uh, works works in to this uh, movie. So definitely, if if that's uh, up your alley, check it out. It's great. Also, an animated film. One of the films that was nominated this year for Best Animated 
movie. It didn't win, but it's a great one called The Red Turtle. Yeah, this is really, it's a very interesting film. There's no dialogue at all. You're just watching, and it's a it's a castaway. And he, you know, he swims to an island, and just what happens to him alone on the island with this this menace he thinks in the sea that keeps busting his rafts as he tries to get away and uh, and it just it's a it's a lovely just beautiful movie yeah and the third one out this week oscar nominated didn't win although although we think it should have it would have been our pick for a uh, best documentary and that is a movie called i am not your negro it's basically all about the writings and the beliefs and the speeches and the appearances of author james baldwin who if you're really not that familiar with him you're going to be blown away by not only his intellect but his, his clarity of thought uh, about race relations in America, it's just fantastic. And a lot of his his writings are narrated by Sam Jackson. Who and does such a brilliant, just dialed down, lovely job of it. That's why it works so well, because you think of Sam Jackson and his voice. You know, he has that booming, yeah. you know, righteous anger. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't do that here, because that would have totally taken the the focus off of what he's reading. Right. And he does a fantastic job, and we can't recommend that one highly enough, the documentary I Am Not Your Negro, which is out on home video this week. So some good stuff to choose from. Uh, Let us know what you think about those, what you think about Guardians of the Galaxy, and perhaps more importantly, what you think about Milk Duds at the movie theaters. This is serious business. I know I'm going to lose that vote, but I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I love Milk Duds. But the easiest way to get a hold of us is uh, at Twitter. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, which is at MadWolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, and we look ahead to what is out next week. I know one that you're dying to see, but how much you love medieval whatnot, and it is King Arthur, the latest King Arthur. Yeah, that stars Charlie Hunnam Mm -hmm. as uh, King Arthur, and yes, it's swords and sorcery and medievalness, and I'm down with it. Yeah, you're not going, are you? I'm going to have to go by myself (laughs) to this one, I think. And then the other one I'm concerned about, but I will go with an open mind, and that is Snatched. Yeah, Snatched is Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn, mother and daughter, off Mm -hmm. on vacation. They get snatched, they get kidnapped, and hijinks ensue. I'm with you. The trailers that I have seen do not make me confident about this. Now, you know, we both loved uh, Trainwreck. And and honestly, I think Amy Schumer is one of the smartest, funniest writers working today. She's very funny. But uh, hopefully this will flesh out uh, much better than the trailer. But we'll we'll see. That's next week. But uh, this week, all about Guardians. So, yeah, uh, chime in on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. We're Mad Wolf Columbus. And, of course, the main website for uh, our written reviews and other fun is madwolf.com. So until next week, the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. We are Groot. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.